Hello and welcome to The Northern Connection, a podcast inspired by our love of books and reading. In each episode, we chat to authors about their books, their own connections to the North, whether it's geographical, through family or their love of books with a Northern Connection. My name's Emma and in this episode, Rebecca and I chat to author Lauren Owen about her latest novel, Small Angels, which has been published by Tinder Press. Lauren is the author of The Quick and Small Angels. She has an MA in creative writing from the University of East Anglia, where she was awarded the Curtis Brown Prize and wrote a PhD thesis entitled Dracula's Inky Shadows on the Gothic Tradition in Fiction. Lauren grew up in Yorkshire and now lives in Oxford. Uh, Lauren, welcome to the Northern Connection. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your new book, Small Angels? Cool. Um, and yeah, thank you for having me on, first of all. So um, Small Angels, it begins in a pub. It's a, a pub in a little unnamed remote country village. And we join a couple called Sam and Chloe. They are celebrating their wedding, which is happening at the end of the week, they're having a, a party. They've got their friends there. It's uh, kind of a new territory for Chloe because she's uh, basically a stranger to this village. Whilst uh, Sam, her fiance, he grew up there, but she is the one who has sort of fallen in love with this uh, charming, picturesque little place. And she has decided that it's absolutely the right place for their wedding. And Sam. He isn't as keen. In fact, he's a bit, uh, it's, it's kind of strange how not keen he is. Chloe thinks uh, he's especially unenchanted with the venue for the wedding, which is a little church near the woods. It's called St. Michael and All Angels. And Chloe's fallen in love with the church. She's fallen in love with the village. And she's sure that come the wedding day, Sam is going to be absolutely entranced with her idea to have the wedding here so they are celebrating in the pub when they're joined by a village local he's called Brian Last and he warns them that they're doing a very unwise thing by having the wedding where they are and nobody especially wants him to continue except Chloe but she encourages him and so he begins to tell a story about the church which is known locally as Small Angels. And Brian warns the couple that Small Angels was at one time the territory of a mysterious and slightly dubious local family called the Gons. They used to use the church for some mysterious unknown uh, rituals. These would happen once a month and this continued for a number of years until there was a strange and not quite uh, not quite natural disaster at the funeral of the family grandfather, Paul Gone. So this is the story that Brian begins. He doesn't get to finish it in this chapter. So Chloe doesn't at this point know exactly what's wrong with the church. But the warning, it turns out, is... It, it, it does have some truth in it, uh, we discover, and Chloe, her, her troubles are, are really just beginning, I think, at this point. Um, so that's uh, that's sort of how the, um, the setup 
begins with small angels and we spend a lot of time with the Gons, the family, especially the four sisters. They are called Ruby, Helena, Lucia and Elphine. There's a tragedy at the heart of the book, but I think there's also a strong emphasis on stories and what they can do to us. They're sort of the, the power of, of stories and the stories that we tell ourselves, the stories that we tell about our family members, um, the, the stories that sort of bind our communities together. And I think really the, the book is about this this force um, and how powerful and transformative it is. Uh, so yeah, that's Small Angels in a, in a nutshell, <laughs> I guess. And Small Angels is partly a ghost story. Have you always been drawn to writing ghost stories? I definitely, yes. I think I began by actually sort of just telling ghost stories rather than writing them down. It was it was sort of a big thing when I was a kid. You'd sort of trade in, in ghost stories. You'd, you'd sort of circulate them on, on school trips or like when your friends were staying over. So there'd be, there'd always be that sort of element of excitement and it, it sort of it was it was dangerous but it was also kind of safe and cozy at the same time so i i was always uh, entranced by sort of the idea of ghosts lurking in, in, in my school or I, th I think we had a ghost in the st school toilets when i was growing up and and we we all sort of went looking for her and and it, it was it was scary but it was also like just incredible fun it, it gave this this buzz and and uh, sort of an edge to a, a sort of boring school day so I think from from quite early on I, I was very much into telling ghost stories and eventually it occurred to me to write them down and I've been doing that ever since I think really yeah <laughs> that's great thank you um in small angels there's um there's a set mock beggar woods um just it's just on the edge of the village isn't it and it in itself it's like a character you evoke it so beautifully um with your descriptions and we were wondering is it based on a real place or is it all from your imagination it's kind of a bit of both i think when i was growing up my parents they live near a woodland and it's not like a massive wood but it, it felt massive when when we mm. were kids uh, me and my sisters and occasionally we'd, we'd sort of get to walk there and it is it is lovely in there we you've sort of got these very dramatic twisty oak trees and in I think probably around May you get these sort of carpets of bluebells so mm. it is gorgeous in there but we we didn't get together very often because it's it's a wood and we, we were like sort of like eight nine ten you you're not necessarily going to send your your uh, your eight-year-old out into um the woods where you can't keep an eye on them so it kind of had this uh, glamour of being slightly forbidden so i you, you can kind of hear sort of people shouting or laughing from the woods uh, kind of when it's getting dark even and it, it's got this sort of allure to it i think and mixed up with that there are also a few trees near where my parents live that we kind of we sort of developed a relationship with them I guess as a family we're, we're kind of we're, we're tree people so we, we we all sort of 
seem to like and, and notice trees and there are some that are sort of like family favorites like we'll sort of go past them and go oh 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 no that that tree's lost a branch and it's it's kind of like a, a friend has, has broken a leg or something it's sort of a <laughs> element of care so we, we we do sort of seem to respond to some of these trees like like they are sort of people or, or characters mm. or, or like friends of the family um so I, I think that's definitely sort of stirred into the uh, the, the uh, mot beggar and I think probably sort of added onto that there are so many wonderful fictional woodlands that I sort of read about growing up in which they they always seem to crop up in in stories uh, fiction I think the the wild woods in the wind in the willows that yeah. was a big one for me um you you know that sequence where the the mole is is like sort of going off to visit badger in the woods and it's starting to get dark and the the atmosphere changes mm -hmm. and it's sort of this growing sinister feeling and, and I think he sort of almost bumps into this rabbit which is like running panicked sort of got to get underground all the the sort of stoats and, and weasels and foxes are coming out but it's um it, it's nature but it's it's sort of terrifying at the same time in, in a sort of uh subtle way I guess I think my edition of the um the story it had sort of trees and the trees had like kind of sort of almost angry faces uh in the the bark so it was sort of this sinister woodland um place which I think took a hold on my imagination so I I think there's definitely a an element of that in in Mott Beggar yeah thank you um, from the beginning of Small Angels, there's a real sense of creeping dread. And as a reader, you're just waiting for something bad to happen. Um, okay. <laughs> what is it about scaring ourselves that you think people enjoy? I think, I think being scared is great because it, it takes you out of yourself. Like you're, you're sort of, you're, you're, everyday state of mind whatever it might be if you're just if you're a bit bored or if you're you're actually feeling down in the mouth or whatever it might be uh, horror really is fantastic for sort of blurring the lines between reality and fiction I think it's it's definitely got the edge over other sort of kinds of fiction I, I sort of I always feel like if you've had a nightmare that's the kind of dream that's the hardest to to throw off yeah. to, to sort of you can tell yourself it's not real it's not real but anything scary seems to really take hold of, of the imagination so powerfully so I think anything sort of a scary story is great for for that whether it's because you want to be entertained and distracted or because you want to you do want something escapist I, I think anything horrible is <laughs> is fantastic for that um, and I do also feel that uh, sort of horror writing or any f horror fiction has got a almost kind of a therapeutic potential to it the, the way it can it's it's a sort of it's a genre or it's a it's a mode that you can maybe talk about things which you couldn't speak about literally maybe they're they're just too painful or mm things are too complex or or too snarled up in 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 various circumstances but in horror it's 
it's it's a sort of a, it clears the space and, and it gives you a sort of a, t- a place to to talk about certain things so i i think it's i think it's a, a wonderful like genre or a mode and it's it's really versatile yeah yeah thank you and um, and then which authors inspire you as a writer i think i was um thinking about this the other day and i i feel like i'm quite eclectic because I spent a lot of time especially uh, when I was growing up I read a lot of sort of late Victorian authors and that was a big response a big uh, big responsibility it was a big uh, influence on me Uh, people like Bram Stoker and Arthur Conan Doyle and I think especially the way that uh, both of those two write about creepy or horrible things happening it it definitely it it made an impression yeah. on me. I think the um, there's a wonderful sequence in Dracula where there's sort of you've got a load of sailors on a boat and they don't realise it, but they've also taken on Dracula and he starts systematically picking them off and it's so creepy. It's it's wonderful and and it's so deliberately done. The kind of the timing and the sort of creeping dread. I think that's that really sort of uh, um, yeah that 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 made an impression on me yeah. growing up um, and I think in terms of uh, living authors I th- there are people whose prose I just adore and I I, I think there are, there are certain people uh, Hilary Mantel or Susanna Clarke that yeah. I could just open a book of theirs anywhere and start reading and. <laughs> it's it's wonderful it, it's it's sort of uh, it's a kind of writing I think that you you sort of put down the book and you want to go and write something and you want to go and write better more and it's it's wonderful it's sort of uh, a, a gift as a reader a gift as a writer so I I guess they they those two would also be big uh, big inspirations for me thank you thank you um are you able to tell us what you're working on at the moment I'm writing so it's quite early days but it's something it's another novel and it's similar to small angels uh and my my previous book the quick in that it's it's sort of it's in the spooky <laughs> gothic mode which it, i i i love and i'm i'm so happy so happy in in that territory i think it's slightly different from the other two in in time and setting and I feel like it's in some ways it's probably the most ambitious thing that that I've attempted and so it's it's slightly scary and slightly thrilling at the same time to to be starting off on this new journey yeah yeah that's exciting it does sounds wonderful um and finally can you recommend a book or an author that has a northern connection Ah, well, I'm going to go back to Susanna Clarke for this one. Uh, her book, um, her wonderful novel, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, that has a strong theme of uh, Yorkshire running through it. Uh, and if, you, um, if you've read it and if you know York at all, it's just, it's, it's lovely to, to kind of look about you in the city and see different places and recognize them there's a pub which a kind of club of magicians meet in they they meet in at the beginning of the novel I think it's the old star inn and that's an actual place you can sort of go and 
look at it and that's um that's amazing and i think that the jewel in the crown though has got to be the way that Susanna clark describes there's this wonderful sequence where the the statues in york minster uh, are brought to life by magic and they the kings on that sort of stone the like stone plinths and they sort of start talking and arguing with each other it, it's ah, it's amazing it, it's just cut i I knew your. I sort of grew up in York. I'd lived there for like sort of twenty years or something, and she made me see it in with fresh eyes and, and notice things that I hadn't. So yes, highly recommend. That's a brilliant recommendation. Yeah, um, uh, Lauren, thank you so much for for joining us on the Northern Connection. Um, we loved Small Angels, and we're wishing you lots and lots of success with it. Oh, thank you so much. It's it's been it's been lovely. Well, thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you're following us on Twitter at Northern ConPod and on Instagram on the Northern Connection. We'll be back soon with another episode. Bye for now.